Hello and welcome to the One Deeper podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Peter Hendricks. Peter is an assistant professor at the School of Humanities and, and Digital Sciences at Tilburg University. He teaches mini um, algebra and statistics, both of which are courses he taught me. And it's always a pleasure to speak to Peter, and we always have such a great conversation. And I'm happy to share that with you, with you today. Enjoy. Okay, so Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. And uh, by the way, this is just going to be the audio. So uh, even though I'm seeing you, but you know, people people will be listening to it on the podcast app or whatever. All right, sure thing. Hopefully, you sure about that, Udesh? Yeah. Huh? You sure about that? About uh, just the audio. I think it'd be nice, actually. I mean, no, because like yeah. I uh, like the, just having the video. I mean, would be nice as well. But then it would only sort of work right now for um, things happening remotely. Because if I had to do it um, in person, then I would have to like have a, it's a whole whole different setup, right? It's way more right. involved. Makes so sense. I figured uh, the entry point is pretty low, for, so anyone can like download the podcast app and just like listen to it. So. Right. It, pretty easy but anyway i've been i mean actually i mean this has been sort of like a long time coming in term in terms of the in terms of uh we've had some pretty really great conversations over the past uh year uh, past six months and uh i can't i couldn't think of a better person to uh start this with so i appreciate your time um in joining to talk about just random stuff i guess but i had i did have a couple of questions that i want to ask you but I, let's just start with like so I was thinking about how I should ask, like, um, the uh, like how you got to where you are. But in, instead of, but you know, we tend to look back at our lives and make make everything seem like it was done on purpose, you know. Um, <laughs> so I'm For trying sure. to avoid that a little, bit, a little bit. So I'll ask it a different way. So I'll be like, okay, so what was your trajectory, you know, to getting to where you are right now, like? In terms of let's let's just start from like school. Like, did you did you actually? I mean, are you one of those people who were lucky enough to be like, you know what? I want to be a scientist. I want to go to university. How that how that happen? It's gonna sound it sounds gonna sound completely horrible, but yes, yes, I was. <laughs> you, okay. I, I was telling my I was telling my family members on birthdays when I was like ten or eleven. When they asked me what do you want to be, I was like professor. That's what I want to be. Wow. And okay. I, I kind of, I kind of work towards it on on a very. I would say a, I wouldn't say a straight line necessarily. There were definitely times of doubt, but it was all always sort of in the back of my mind, and I think it was almost imposed by my environment in a way where I would be the smartest kid in class throughout basically my school career, <laughs> and that was like the, the one thing I could get recognition for. So I figured, hell, why why not go with that? Why not? Right, 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 right. Like uh, that's like so. How like I mean, did you have a maybe like a someone in like a like a like a teacher or a professor who sort of motivated you like in that direction, or did you just always knew like like how did you come to know about the university like academia and how like. That that how did you how did you come to know that that was an option? Well, uh, like I said, I was I was telling my family members at the age of 10, 11, I had no idea what it meant by being a professor. Oh, right, okay. It was just 
it alliterated with my name. Like people right, would right, call right. me Peter. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and it just, it's only way afterwards that I started to realize what it actually entails. And I was like, is this really what I want? Especially teaching was something that doesn't really come natural to me. I tend to be very introverted. It's it's something that I had to work on pretty actively to sort of come to at least do a reasonable job at that. Science is something that, that came a bit easier. Uh, statistics numbers have always been my strength. And in in high school, people basically told me like, whatever you do, do something where that sort of strength really is allowed to shine. So people recommended like go study math, which I actually did, or econometrics or, or something like that. Not necessarily in the direction of actually going into academia. That that was for much later. Uh, were like so? Was your first experience teaching in university? Was that the first time you had like you? It was. It was an undergrad. Uh, I was a TA for a stats course. Um, that turned out to be pretty nice. Like I was extremely nervous for like right. a day and a half at least before that. I was, whenever I thought about it, my hands started trembling. Uh, it was a real challenge to get into that. And then pretty much after the first week, I immediately realized like students are really nice if you treat them nicely. As long as you allow them to go with the flow, you give them a nice and positive environment. There's nothing to really be all that scared of. It's they're they're just humans. They have no bad intentions a priori. So as long as you <laughs> give them the room to to feel well in your course and to you know try to try to give them a nice learning experience, then everything is fine. And yeah, I I actually kind of liked it immediately. I was immediately sold on the concept. So okay, so you when you're in school, so you knew you knew you 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 were good with numbers. People around you are telling you. That were good with numbers. Like, by the way, this is actually interesting because I had the complete, the exact opposite experience, right? I find um, that I find that hard to believe, Udesh, given your <laughs> even even though even though even though I find myself in the in the CSI program now, um, I'm if 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 you spoke to anyone from my high school, they would be amazed. They'd be like, "This guy, he, I was never the person who who you'd go to with, for help with math homework," you know. But what, what, okay, what so you were like Kudesh. What I was what <laughs> you for? I was uh, I was I was actually known for getting in trouble and uh, seriously. And I mean, yeah, I, I kind of see like you you. I could imagine you being like that, but right now you're the complete opposite, right? Yeah, no, and like it, it, it's weird because I got in trouble in very weird ways. It's not like in um, not like in very like crazy way i mean not in very traditional way so basically my the, the problem most teachers had teachers had with me was that i would finish my work in class like pretty quickly and then i'd get bored I and, then I'd, and then i and then i'd cause problems right and you I, were, like, you were the, like, the very intelligent student who couldn't behave after the work was done. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about very intelligent but i, I definitely got bored pretty quickly and i, I was uh, gutted, like all i had going for me i like i had no social skills i had no personality no interest whatever I was <laughs> all i had was like I'm, I'm good at this learning thing so let me focus on that that's the only thing where i can really shine everything else like basically sucked at and leverage leverage what you have i guess exactly so okay so uh, and then, so when you when you're finishing finishing school, like I mean, you had to choose 
to go to university, right? How did you make the decision on what you wanted to study and like where where you wanted to go? You know what? I'm I'm a little hesitant to give the honest answer here, but let me just do it because why not? <laughs> um, the honest answer was I picked whatever would make me seem like the most accomplished person in front of my parents. And I, I think like, that's that's a completely like that means why is what's wrong with what, what is there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, mean, I think that's something people sort of tend to underestimate. And it might just be me. It might be a more general thing. But for me, like what really matters in a way is my parents gave me all these opportunities, right? They worked very hard mm-hmm. to be able to give me every chance in life that I could possibly have. Um, and I just want to basically, like like everyone else, I guess, make them proud and make them feel like, Hey, this is this is something we envisaged, and in a way that that's kind of more important to me than my personal interest as much. Because as long as I can work with numbers, I'm happy. It does the application doesn't really matter to me all that much. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think I think I think it's great that you said that because I think especially in for our generation, there's this sort of. Um, uh motivation and drive like or like or people keep telling you you know find what you find the things that make you happiest the things that you love and find what makes you blah 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 but that's such a huge search space right it's like how do you navigate that environment to actually find something useful and having I something would... like hey i just want to make my parents proud it's like that's that's perfectly reasonable that's, thing to do i right? mean for me i i it, it's it's silly it makes me it makes me look somewhat strange but i i'm i must be i must not be the only person who for whom that's that's a high priority in life. no it's it, actually, it's how it's it's so true i mean it's the same for me i i have to say okay. that i definitely feel the same way um you know because my parents, I, I know a little bit i know a little bit about your background right it, in your case yeah. it kind of makes more sense than mine like my parents didn't have to make sacrifices to that extent but nonetheless i mean my father is definitely my hero to this day um, yeah, absolutely. I wanna, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I want to do what makes them happy, right? Yeah, perfect. I mean, that's that's, that's such a good answer. I don't know why you why why you hesitate to say that because maybe, maybe it's an unusual answer in more individualistic Western societies than it is. That is true. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Actually, that is quite true. Like, uh, especially in with my the colleagues that I have, I definitely noticed that, you know, and they are, and it's interesting that they're stuck in this sort of moral panic is because they don't have, they lack any sort of uh, grounding and connection with their, their heritage or their history. And that gets really tricky, right? To navigate. This is, All right. This is something like you, you asked me sort of in preparation for this podcast, you asked me one question. Uh, that I could perhaps think about a little bit, which is what is the kind of world that would scare you? And it's exactly yeah, what exactly. you just mentioned. It is when we stop having any purpose in our life or considering the world not to have sort of an inherent meaning or have any like social circles that make you want to do things. If If any of that is missing or if all of that is missing, then we are moving around in this world without a concrete plan. And that makes it really, really hard. Like yeah, what, you said about, yeah. what you said about parents telling you like, as, do whatever you do, as long as it makes you happy. My, my, my parents obviously told me the exact same thing. And for a while, it was a, a real burden to me. Like I 
didn't know how to handle that expectation. Like, how do I, how do I accomplish this? No one ever gave me a roadmap to being happy. <laughs> it actually, it actually makes things, it almost felt like a burden rather than a liberty. Right. Like for, for my parents' generation, it was a real liberty. They were forced into very strong expectations about what they would get to do when they grew up. Limitations as well. Like my parents didn't go to university. Uh, it's something that my my generation was the first to sort of have the liberty on a, on a broader scale. And then they considered it a huge privilege to have all this freedom. And it is. It is it's definitely a huge privilege, but it comes with this expectation or obligation to make sure that whatever you do you're happy if you're not happy you've you failed <laughs> no it's like it's a it's a double-edged sword right you know because like you know my parents work really hard to give me all these options and having all these options sometimes makes you miserable it's like what what do i choose right how do i move how do i move forward and i feel right. horrible for even for even stating that right it's it's such uh first world problem like no it's like no it's it's 100 it's 100 like, like i'll give you like a simple example yesterday i was watching netflix right mm-hmm. and i was watching a movie and i was watching this movie and in the back of my head i was as this movie is playing it was i was doing this calculation in my head is this worth my time right like i mean is, is there a better movie is there a better movie that i can watch right and then, I, and, then I, and then and then it occurred to me you know what if i didn't have the option of just hitting the back button and scrolling through a hundred other movies. If this was the only thing that was on TV right now, and that's the only option that I had, I might be actually, I might actually be happier. <laughs> right? It's it's really funny that way. Um, I I feel the exact same, and I actually feel I watch less movies now than I did before the internet came along. Like I'm I'm still when I was a child, there was TV. Right, was right. Yeah, and it was absolutely. At, at most three movies you could watch at one time most likely yep. only one um and i actually watch movies i just sat in front of tv watched movies i just don't do that anymore because the time i need to invest to select a movie is simply not worth it to me anymore yeah it's growing really large now it's it's interesting but that time that you need to decide is getting bigger and bigger um okay so what did you actually study in university like we have a new bachelor's degree yeah I, I started off studying math um found that to be a little bit too abstract and in addition i i definitely wasn't ready for the amount of daily traveling that was involved like i was i was definitely not ready at the age of 18 to move out of my parents house i was very much not equipped with the right practical and social skills at that point <laughs> so i decided to stay at home but that meant that i had to travel like three hours every day and on top of studying math which is a, is a fairly heavy program I just physically, mentally, mentally perhaps too, but mostly physically couldn't handle keeping up with that. And I, I just decided to change studies for that reason. Did something completely different. Um, I went into linguistics from math, <laughs> which was strange. Finished that degree uh, basically at, at a decent pace. Um, then studied, my master was cognitive neuroscience, which was again, I guess, a pretty drastic change, but it kind of, it kind of, confirms what I told you earlier. I don't care so much about the actual content. As long as I'm challenged, I have a very broad range of interest. I actually almost feel bad when I stick with doing the same thing for too long in life because I feel that I'm wasting 
time for other opportunities that I want to experience as well. Um, like, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to ask. So, if some, if some, I mean, if someone wanted to set themselves up in a way that enables them to do what you do, it's in, in the sense that you know, move between topics and fields, and you know, um, I feel like if you have a sort of a fun, if you grasp some of the fundamental stuff, like very basic mathematics and really understanding how the mathematics works and statistics and, you know, maybe even physics, I would say, right. Mm-hmm. You can sort of um, dovetail that into a bunch of different fields, right. You know, like if you know enough physics, for example, you could hundred percent go work in work with something to do with the brain. Cause you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, electrons and it's ion channels and proton pumps and stuff like that. Right. Um, but uh, actually, so I did actually. So just to prepare, I just did, I just looked at some of your some of your research, right? And just trying to find mm-hmm. some of the things that you were ended up um, well, like you've been published, you you have published, and like what 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 is it about language that? So is, is there is, is there something particular about language, or is it just the fact that you have the tools to? be useful in this field so you're you're happy with it it's like there's something about it in particular that you're that drives you well i'll I'll first answer it uh from the perspective of my my ba thesis supervisor and then i'll i'll move a little bit beyond that so near the end of my bachelor's i was writing a thesis i was a ta in stats courses within the linguistics department um and my ba supervisor I was considering moving more into sort of the hardcore neuroscience uh, area rather than linguistics. And he told me, well, Peter, within linguistics, you are very high up in terms of ability and technical skills. If you move into a more technical field, you would perform on an average level. And I was kind of surprised by the fact that she would use that as a reason to be in a certain field. Like you, you're mediocre in this other field, therefore you're better off. <laughs> that I mean, that's some that's brutal. Like that's sort of brutally honest. It's crazy advice, like, right? And I mean, yeah. it, it was completely true. But yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. so strange to me that people would use that as a motivation to go into a certain field. And that's when I really started yeah. thinking about it. Like I told you before, like I, as long as I can work with numbers, as long as people, especially my parents, appreciate me, I'll, I'll pick whatever field that. And it was actually, that was sort of a turning point where I really started to look at my own interests. Like, what do I actually want to do? And I also started realizing if I do something that I really enjoy doing, I'm going to be better at it than something that I simply have sort of a natural talent for, but I don't actually care all that much about. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, like, what is it about linguistics that that I appreciate? And I think one of the things that I really like is especially recently within the area of linguistic research, people have been taking quantitative approaches, really looking at patterns in this large space of text where words co-occur in all kinds of ways with each other, sentences connect in different ways. And there's a lot of room for statistical discovery there, trying to find patterns that say something about the way that language is organized, but also about the way that we're able to process it in our brains and sort of sort of deal with this huge complicated system internally. 
and I realized I actually find this fascinating. I never, I never intended this to be fascinating, but I guess just the exposure, the fact that there's a whole new branch of more quantitative research within linguistics that really excited me. Those, those were things that ultimately made me decide to, to stay in that field. I, you know, until I came into the CSAI program and took, um, for, for, like, took uh, Paula's class, the language cognition and computation, mm-hmm. I didn't actually realize how little we know about language and, I mean, how our brains work with language and how language evolved. I just took it for granted, right? Because you, know, you do, like, it's like the most fundamental thing that you do with your life you speak and you have language and you communicate right you, need, you don't stop to think man we don't know much about this i mean we know a lot now but in this in the grand scheme of things it's really got something in something that we don't know much about in terms of like um i just didn't realize how much we didn't know about it i just thought it was like a done deal you know uh, no that, that's uh, one of the beautiful things about it too right just realizing how Little we know, not just about language, just about many things in everyday life. Mm-hmm. We never, we never even consider them. We never even think about them. Like the world is still a massive mystery to us. Yeah, we never, we never really. I don't, I don't even want to say think about it. Almost understand how little we know. See, I, I think, I think there's a good reason for that, right? Like, I think if I think it takes a certain certain kind of. Uh, uh, mindset to be okay with knowing how little you know about things like for the average person that's actually quite torturous like they they lose their sense of safety and uh, structure in the world as long as they feel like they're in, they know enough to you know basically live their lives that's good but like if you rip that rip rip, rip, rip that band-aid off it could be quite an anxiety provoking uh, uh, anxiety-provoking experience. For um, for me, it was but, actually the opposite, Udesh. Um, I would say that for me, it was a very liberating and calming experience to to really start realizing how little I know, but how fine it is that I know so little. Um, like oh, yeah. growing up, I I always sort of I was intimidated by the fact that you know I, I talked to a carpenter. He knows so much. How come I don't know this? Should I know this? <laughs> I, I felt right, bad. Right, right. I talked to an electrician. How how come they know? I talked to a baker. How come they know how to do all this stuff? And I know nothing. I only know how yeah, to calculate yeah. basically it. Yeah. And I, I realized it's the same for everyone. And in fact, even within their specialties, people have a very sort of tip of the iceberg sort of knowledge about uh, concepts or experiences. And that made me feel so relaxed, like, whew. I don't, I don't need to understand the world in its entirety. That's true. So, I mean, like, uh, and there's also that, like, um, it's kind of humbling, right? Like, like, like the, the other day, so I had to work on, you know, like, I, I, I've i been starting to believe my own hype and think, man, you know, I can, I know I'm a decent code, coder, I can write this stuff. And then I had to sort of try to try, try to learn Java to solve this problem. And then it made me feel like a complete moron. I was like, like, what? I'm like, man, how how do I not know this? Like, you know, it's 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 quite it's quite crazy. But are you but, at uh, the point, Udash, where if you run yeah. into something like this, what happened to you the other day, um, you realize that it's completely normal for you not to understand how to do this right away, and do you have the confidence to like learn these skills, or is it still like I, I remember when I 
I did an internship at Facebook and I came there the first day and I was terrified. All of a sudden, the room was filled with people who, one, knew much more than me and two, were smarter yeah. than me, yeah. which is extraordinarily intimidating. And it took me, I mean, I, I had a little bit of life experience at that point. Otherwise, I would have just ran away and take the, right, take right, the, right. Back the next day. It, but it still took me like a week to even do the slightest bit of productive work simply because I was overwhelmed by anxiety. No, so for me, it's like I I need I still need to work on that. I still need to work on the work on the fact that it's okay, and things are complicated, right? So, so this piece of code that I needed needed to write, and I finally just spoke to the guy who wrote the package. I emailed him. I was like, "Hey, can you help me?" And then when I finally saw the because so, I tried to be, I've been trying to do this by myself, right? And then when I finally, he finally, he sent me a, a piece of code. And when I looked at his code, and then I saw how complicated it was. That, like, when I realized how complicated the, the thing that I was trying to do was, and how much it took for him to do it, and then I was like, give myself a break, you know, like, there's no way I could have done this on in a weekend with absolutely no experience. It's totally fine. Right. But that's that's the thing too. It's sometimes you just. I I really like like when I'm in class and someone asks a question I don't know how to answer. I don't mind that at all because it kind of gives students a sense of reassurance or calmness in a way. Like, hey, it doesn't matter. Like he doesn't know how to answer this. He's he's here to teach us this. It's fine if you, I don't understand something in this course. That's that like. You know that's that, that like I, I had the experience because I was TA because I'm because mm -hmm. I'm TA in calculus right, and the first you know I'm just like so I'm standing in front of class and I'm taking their questions, and I'm just part of me is just praying to God please don't ask me something I don't know how to do like you know, <laughs> just, I, I completely but, understand. It's sort yeah. of I talked to I talked to Paula about this a while ago, and I think one thing that makes Paula a great teacher is that she acknowledges her shortcomings in terms of knowledge. Whenever a student, especially your cohort, like you guys are intense. Mm -hmm. You ask yeah. questions that go <laughs> relatively far beyond what's being taught sometimes. Yeah. And just to hear from her as well, like what I, what I do is like, if that happens, I'll tell the students, like, I don't know right now. I'll look it up for next week. We can discuss it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the right approach to teaching, right? Especially in our current super information-dense society. Mm -hmm. There's no one who can know anything, even in their expertise. And just acknowledging that, I feel that it sort of gives students the kind of help they need in a way. Like, they, I find students are often a little bit intimidated at the start of courses. Like, if they run into a topic they don't understand right away, or they simply feel they have a shortage of knowledge in a certain area, it tends to sort of lead to panic and a sense of sort of inherent incapacity in a way which is completely unnecessary i, think, I experience this every day still yeah yeah sure like, i i think it also you need to have a certain mindset as a student to not like when you come into class to not expect the, the person standing in front of you to be 100 percent perfect right and it's weird like some some students i know from experience who who are just waiting for the person to do something wrong so that they can justify their own um, lack of interest or lack of motivation or effort or something like that, you know, so they can just say, oh, you know what, that guy was useless, useless anyway, 
and that class was pointless anyway so who cares about the grade i got right i i hope i hope you're not referring to my class in this case no 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 i'm just saying i'm just, i'm just saying you know like it's it's definitely and a two way street right that's the other side of the matter right like i'm 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 trying to use it as an encouragement like hey it's okay if you don't understand something but if it's being used as hey, yeah yeah it's, exactly it's okay if i don't understand something i don't have to <laughs> yeah. that that's not the intention yeah so, okay so i wanted to, you briefly mentioned like the kind of world that you'd want to run away from you know like where a place mm-hmm. where you um uh, what about the opposite like what do you think like what kind of world in general like maybe it could be just just be like your personal the little world but or like just the world in the future in, in like it could be the most science fictiony thing in the world but what do you what do you think what kind of world is something that's worth like running towards as you know for like for your children or like for future generations what do you think would look would be a good looking world let let me ask you a question in return udash um what would you consider if you really went down to the core what would you consider the most important thing in your life for me uh the most important thing in my life that the thing that gives me meaning and mm-hmm. and like you know literally holds me keeps me from collapsing into a pit of <laughs> anxiety is that mm-hmm. i i want to I, i want to be useful you know and i i i found that it's actually quite difficult to be a useful person you know like it actually takes a lot of work you know because for most people think oh you know oh, i want to change the world i want to do this the abc but for me it's just like i want to be useful and i want to mm-hmm. make uh i want to make the sacrifices the people that people have made for me worth it you know and not just my parents i mean just the broader broader human the broader human endeavor right like you know it is not so long ago that we were sacrificing our first bonds so the <laughs> so that so that the, the the there would be rain and we'd have enough to eat right so I I I Enjoy. thought you might say something like that and I I think it's a beautiful thought that I wanted your listeners to hear so just want to find that um for me it in a way it's it's similar like I I would love to change the world really if I if I could I I would love to mm-hmm. but I sort of know my limitations as one small human being and what I really want to do is like for me the most important thing is making sure that those I care about their quality in life is improved just a little bit like make taking care of my family taking care of my wife um taking care even even small things like if i can do something for a student that will help them in one way or another in their future that for me is the most rewarding part of the job that's something i really care about and i'm like i'm often spending free time talking to students um just having a bit of conversation which is something much to my surprise students are not as always able to get from their teachers especially now in in covid times just to you know it doesn't i can't do much for students most of the time but sometimes just a little bit of conversation showing a bit of understanding for a problematic situation can really make a difference and like i'm happy to invest my free time in that too i mean i'm this is something that i personally get a sense of being useful from I mean sure I I teach students all these concepts I teach them uh stats I teach them linear algebra 
those are useful in a, in a more practical sense for their future. But if I can do something beyond that, that's where I really find teaching to be a beautiful job. That's I I I can't that's I can't, I can't think of a better answer than that. That's a that's a, thank you. And okay, I mean I I want to be respectful of your time, but I have one more question, which is basically what I ask everybody. It's like, so what advice do you have for young people? Like. You know, it's hard. Like, it's easy to it's it, it's easy to like you know look back in hindsight. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But just in general, like, because I feel like young people are in a quite a precarious situation. You know, um, at the at the at the present moment, and given the you know the fields that you and I are is studying, you know, with AI and mm-hmm. just the ecosystem of information control, right? And um, you know, the in the era of too much information and not enough knowledge right yes like uh what what do you do you have any advice in in how to navigate this search space for uh, for this this is going to be a, a slightly elongated answer i'd expect so uh, i thank you no, in advance for your patience uh, no problem. <laughs> so let's think about let's think about society for a little bit like i think more than at any other point in human history the amount of information that we need to process has been increasing at an absolutely crazy pace over the past few decades. And our brains are not equipped for that at that mo- at this moment, right? So what I see a lot in your generation is people simply not being able to handle the amount of information that's coming at them at a daily basis. Um, and that, that causes all kinds of problems. That causes uh, depression, anxiety, uh, in, in a more practical sense, things like dropping out of school because it's simply overwhelming. And I can't even blame students. Like, I understand more than students often think, I think. I would probably be very much overwhelmed by it my, by myself if I were a student right now. And in that sense, I think one of the, the most important things that I would like to tell students are if you're experiencing problems, let someone know, like talk about it, try to look for help, because these are the things that are really going to hold you back in life. I see many very, very talented students who are not doing so great uh, in terms of school performance, but more importantly, are not doing so great in terms of personal life. And it's going to have consequences for their futures, for the quality of life uh, moving forward. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're unable to deal with it in a way that makes you feel safe about the future or that allows you to preserve yourself in a reasonable manner, then do something about it. Um, and this is not, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to, you don't have to go to a psychiatrist, be in a hospital every day to, to have talks to try to resolve the problem. If that's necessary, that's totally fine. But sometimes just a little bit of, understanding or some small changes like realizing i don't always need to get a nine for all my courses a seven is okay too if that allows me to have a better life it won't really affect your future to a severe extent um and you need to you need to find a life that fits with you and if you now aim something that's above your threshold or above your personal limitations then you set yourself up for a life in which that continues to be the case in the future which is something that I think people strive for a little bit too much, even at the cost of their own well-being. 
And that's yeah, that's how I, I end this positive uh, this, this this positive, positive note. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I well, I completely agree. I think everyone should definitely um, do that. Like, and maybe I'll make uh, just like a maybe maybe I'll record an episode with just with just me, and I'll uh, outline some of the basic practical sort of day to day tools that I've used to, to escape situations like that. Um, For you, I know. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Udesh. No, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, and so there's definitely ways for, for people to move to exactly address what you, what you just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, for you, it's, I'm very impressed by the way you lead your life. Um, it's a little bit, I, I, I wouldn't want to, well, I, I guess I'll just use the word neurotic. I, I think <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I think you realize it's not an inaccurate description. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's totally I, spot on. Exactly. But it has real consequences for you in in a positive way like you think yeah. about what you're doing in life whether you should be doing it whether it's contributing to your life in a positive way or not mm-hmm. and you actively filter your activities and the information you uh, absorb to meet what helps your life and what helps things get better for you and i think that's that step sure it's it's a bit time consuming but it's incredibly valuable to improving your life absolutely thank you well uh this has been amazing and then maybe maybe we'll we'll meet again some uh another time to talk about like actually i actually wanted to talk to you about one of your papers but you know we got we got oh i'm I'm not sure i'm not sure that would be interesting to your audience in any way i know know. but it would be interesting it would be interesting to me so (laughs) we can talk over a coffee Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Peter, uh, for your time. Uh, I hope you had. A, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I uh, thought it was a lot of fun. Thanks. Okay, great, cool. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you around. I guess. Bye bye. Right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. I hope you got something out of that. And until next time.